is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Well, Pittsburgh made a huge statement last night with their 6 nothing victory. So many different places to go. I guess we'll start with the real reason they lost the game. And again, Pecorine really didn't give them much of a chance. Now, you could say, well, Don, they didn't score a goal. But all the momentum that you had just completely ripped from the Nashville Predators on those first two goals. On the Schultz goal, he's screened, but exposed five-hole, which has been a bit of a problem for Rene, leads to the power play goal 90 seconds into the game, buildings up for grabs, bye-bye momentum. And then the Malkin goal, I thought another weak glove hand by Rene. And Jet just takes everything out of the Nashville Predators. Now, you could say, well, they came back from 3 nothing down, in game one, but it just it's so disheartening because I'm sure there were players going on the ice saying, I wonder what Peke is going to give us tonight considering he had not played well on the road in this series, and it was right back, reverting right back to the same problems they had in the first two games of the series with their goaltender, and Murray was good, although he was hardly tested in the game, but when he needed to make a save, he did, and the momentum was just too much for Nashville to bear. And Sidney Crosby again proved to you why he is by far the best player in the league. Now, people could say, well, wait a minute, Patrick Kane. Wait a minute, Taves. Wait a minute. Look what um, Matthews did this year in his rookie season. Look what McDavid did in his rookie season. All those are fair points. But if there's a player that you need in a big spot to dominate a game, it is still Sid the Kid. And he drew the penalty to get them the power play in the first place. He was a beast in the game, three assists on the night. He is showing you why. He is by far the best player in the league, and it was just too much for Nashville to overcome. Now, can they get the momentum back on Sunday in Nashville, facing elimination for the first time? Sure they can. But until they can figure out how to win in Pittsburgh, they're not going to win this series. And I don't know if it's just like a self-fulfilling outcome for Pekka at this point, where it is now just going to be an Achilles heel for him to walk into that building. How could it not be? What is it, 11 goals on 45 shots in the first three games of this series in Pittsburgh? That's just not good enough. So if Nashville does win and gain the momentum to go into a Game 7, Game 7s are usually up for grabs. I picked Nashville to win this in 7, but the way Rene has played in Pittsburgh, you wonder if you can overcome that. So I think that's been really the turning point. Sidney Crosby showing that he's the best player in the league and Pecorine not being able to get the job done again in Pittsburgh. Now Ryan Ellis is hurt, so we'll see how Nashville tries to survive that and we'll see if he's going to be able to play and how they compensate for a loss of a very important player on their team. Let's not forget you're already playing without Johansson, which Johansson, which obviously is going to hurt your forwards. And now if you end up light a defenseman, that could be a problem as well. So Pittsburgh's got to feel pretty good about their chances to win this Stanley Cup. They still have a tremendous amount of work to do but best player showed up problem for Nashville in the first two games reared its ugly head last night now a few other things to get to and I got into a lot of Pittsburgh fans on Twitter during the course of the game last night do not misunderstand me and I'm not saying this just to play nice Sidney Crosby's the best player in the league but if you think Sidney Crosby doesn't play with an edge if you think Sidney Crosby is squeaky clean, you're not paying attention. Now, is that a bad thing? No. Mark Messier played with an edge. Doug Gilmore played with an edge. 
But I think those guys had that reputation. There's a reputation about Crosby, and let's face it, we in the media, I think, fan the flame for this, that this guy is squeaky clean, that he never does anything wrong. That is bull. If you follow him, he is as nasty, as dirty a player there is in the National Hockey League. And and I think that's something that's fine. That's the way the game is played. And sometimes you got to play that way. And certainly he showed P.K. Subban that he is not going to be messed with. But the problem is... Because he has this squeaky clean, clean reputation, I mean, how does <laughs> how does he not get a penalty when he basically dribbles PK's head on the ice? And everybody wants to come up with excuses. Well, he was tangled with Subban and he couldn't get up anyway. Oh, listen, the head is something that the National Hockey League is very concerned about. Hits to the head, blows to the head. I don't care if it's Sidney Crosby. I don't care if it's the fourth line center. You can't dribble somebody's head on the ice. And you're looking right at it. Meyer's looking right at it. No call. So I don't know. Well, it's Sidney Crosby. It's like, oh, it's like baseball. Well, Wade Boggs, you're going to give him the benefit of the doubt on the outside corner because Sidney is so squeaky clean, we can't call a penalty on it. A holding penalty? Really? I mean, the whole nation saw him dribbling PK's head, and he gets a holding penalty? So just call it the way that it is. Nobody is saying that 87 is not the greatest player in the league. But let's not make him out to be something that he's not. He's not an angel. He's not. And he needs to play with an edge. And nobody is faulting him for it. But the league has got to get over the fact that this guy is some angel with wings that is flying to heaven at the end of every game to go sleep on a cloud. When he commits a penalty, call a penalty. Now, let's get to the other thing. The throwing of the water bottle. Again, it's reputation. Oh, there's no way Sidney Crosby could have thrown a water bottle on the ice. It must have slipped. Maybe it did slip. But how often do you see that? How often do you see something getting thrown from the bench? Now, it wasn't penalized, I would think, because the officials didn't see it. And just the luck of Pittsburgh, it happens just as Kessel's about to score a goal, which could have erased it. Now, it doesn't matter. Nashville can't complain. They lost 6 nothing. They didn't lose because of the officials last night. They lost because they got ran out of the building by a team that played much better than they did, and their goaltender didn't show up. But when you dribble a guy's head, when you throw a water bottle on the ice and there's no action, there's no disciplinary action, there's no penalty, you just wonder, is it just based on this guy's reputation is so clean that nobody could dare give a bench penalty to Crosby? Now, maybe they didn't even see it, which I think they didn't see it, but it's just weird how it all kind of came and crystallized in this game that Sidney can play with an edge, and why can't we just acknowledge it? Oh, Sidney would never do that. No, he will. Because Sydney wants to win as much as anybody else on the ice does. And I think people just need to acknowledge the fact that Sydney will do whatever he has to to win a game, just like about all other players. He's not above the law. They should have called an extra penalty for what happened with PK. Now, do I think there should be supplementary discipline on Crosby throwing the, the uh, bottle on the ice? I will not go that far because you can't prove intent. And it is possible it could have slipped out of his hands. And it didn't really affect the play. So I'm not going to discipline. I'm not going to suspend him from a game six of the Stanley Cup final because of something like that. But let's just call it is what it is, and that is is that Sidney does play a little bit nastier than I think people give him credit for. So everybody with the, uh, with the avatars of a penguin wanting to rip me for that statement, that's fine, but please, 
Do not sit here and tell me, and I'm neutral. Don't say, oh, Ranger boy, give me a break, all right? I've been doing game misconduct. I'm as fair as they come. I grew up a Devil fan. I'm, I covered the Islanders when we first started the radio station on 97, uh, 98.7 ESPN, back when it was 10.50 a.m. I'm working for the New York Rangers now. I just love hockey. I'm going to call it the way I see it. I'm not biased towards any team. And believe me, there's a lot of Ranger fans that were jumping for joy when I ripped Sydney last night. But the fact is, he is still the best player in the National Hockey League. Just call it the way it is. But there's no anybody, there's nobody in the world that could watch hockey and tell me that Sidney Crosby doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to take his cups away. I'm not going to take his greatness away. But don't sit here as a Penguins fan and tell me, well, he doesn't get the calls because he's so great. And the reason he played with that edge is because PK's getting over on him. Stop. Everybody's trying to get over on anybody, everybody, and Sidney's no different. He might be the best player on the ice, but he's no different than everybody else trying to get theirs. So let's not hold him up to some sort of a higher standard than everybody else because the scratching and clawing that it takes to win a Stanley Cup, he is willing to do that as anybody else on the ice. It's just that the Doug Gilmores and the Mark Messiers and the Scott Stevens of the world and the Ryan Getzloss of the world and the Ryan Kesslers of the world, people acknowledge the fact that they play with that edge. But Sidney, for some reason, is an angel that fell from the sky that had graced us with his presence. He is just like every other hockey player and has to do the same things every other hockey player has to do to get wins and to win a Stanley Cup. It means getting dirty. So you know what? When the Pittsburgh Penguins win the Stanley Cup, whether it's on Sunday, whether it's on Wednesday, whether it's three years from now, he is going to have to win it the same way everybody else is going to have to win it, by getting their hands bloody and dirty and sweaty just like everybody else's. He is as great a hockey player as I've ever seen. He's the best hockey player that exists right now in the National Hockey League. He is not flying above everyone else. He's not a god. And you saw some of the flaws, and you saw some of the exposure last night. Not a bad thing. Just acknowledge it, because it exists. And on the other side of it, the people that think that he doesn't have toughness that he, he's a diver and he's weak and he's a baby, you got to get over that too. Because everybody complains when they don't get a call. He does this. He goes to the officials when things go wrong. He knows how to win. And he will cheat, lie, and steal just like everybody else to try to get it done. He's not a god. All right, let's hear from you. At Don LaGreca, hashtag game is conduct. Slew of people want to get involved in this conversation, including Guy. He says, Pittsburgh showed their toughness and gamesmanship last night. Water bottle would have been called if they saw it. I agree. I think if they saw it, they would have called it. It would have been a bench minor because you don't know where it came from. But I don't think the National Hockey League is going to discipline them, nor should he. Nor should the league. But it also shows you the competitive fire that Pittsburgh has. They're up 3 nothing. They think they get jobbed on a call because Ekholm uh, slashes a penguin. That's how engaged they are in things. It's never over for them. Uh, the Hockey 411, why on earth is Rennie so bad on the road? Dynamic difference when changing the color of the jersey. How can he fix this? I mean, he's been great in the playoffs. I, I really can't say that he's been bad on the road. He's just bad on the road in this series. So it just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? He's going to go into Pittsburgh knowing the house of horrors that's been in this series, and if they're fortunate enough to win Sunday, you can't tell me that's not going to creep into his mind. Uh, you, you can't change goaltenders. I mean, this is the guy that's got you here. You just have to pray that you know that you get you, you gain some confidence, makes a couple of saves. I think the killer for him 
was the, 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 the power play and the goal coming 90 seconds in. And then he tries to do too much, right? He's trying to play the puck behind the net, and you saw that there was a series of opportunities because he lost the puck. Now he's trying to play, play above his pay grade and trying to do too much. You can't play that way. That's not the way this team is going to possibly ever win a Stanley Cup if you've got a goaltender that's trying to do too much. James says, I'm sure it won't be the only one to ask, but is Crosby going to get away with yet another dirty play? Looks like he's going to get away with the Subban situation, and it looks like he's going to get away with the ball. The Subban, again, I'm not in the habit of suspending guys in Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Final, but it does look a little ridiculous that they both went off coincidental minors holding when a guy's basically his head has been using like a, used like a basketball. Emily says, PK has been physical all series. Crosby finally had enough and was able to set the tone early on home ice. That's fine, but you know what? You should still suffer the consequences. Again, you could play that way. Again, I'm not going to fault Sidney Crosby for doing what he did, but the league still has to penalize him for it. Yeah, PK's been getting under his skin. PK's been playing physical, and believe me, he spent enough time in the box to do that. But it's not like you get to get back at him illegally and the league not do something about it. Travis says potential Ellis injury and how it affects their D pairings that Pens have taken advantage of. Well, certainly it's probably going to affect everything. I mean, this is your second pairing defenseman. We'll see what they decide to do. But the first thing you're going to have to figure out is, is he definitely going to miss time? Remember, the game number six is not going to be until Sunday. Uh, Sam says Penn scored nine of their 17 goals in the first period. If they go to game seven, hopefully Rene can keep Preds in game past 20 minutes. I mean, that gets back to my point about giving up the goal 90 seconds in. If you get a good uh, first couple of minutes, you get a good first period, you stay in the game, then the confidence can build. But you've seen Pittsburgh attack and attack quickly. You saw it happen in the first period of Game 1. You certainly saw it happen last night. So my advice to the Preds, stay out of the penalty box, which they did a good job doing the previous two games. Only six power plays combined in Games 3 and 4 uh, for the uh, Predators, for the, I mean, for the Penguins getting the power play opportunities. But stay out of the box and just hopefully he can build some confidence. Uh, Yahuri says, how is the NHL going to defend not disciplining Crosby? If you care about head injuries, make a stand, suspend them for game six. Remember, every playoff game is like two regular season games, and I would think a Stanley Cup final game is like three. You're not suspending him three games for something like that. You just, you just can't do that. Everybody's complaining about the officiating, but I'm sorry. The officiating is not the reason why the Predators lost six to nothing last night. Marcelo says, haven't tweeted in a while, but I always download and listen. Was pulled. Pulling Rene after one a mistake despite his play. Well, Savros didn't do well either. But you know what? If it's a confidence game and you know you're not going to come back and win, and certainly the Predators did not play well enough to be able to fight back in that game, even though they did come back from 3 nothing down in Game 1, you got no sense that they were going to do that last night. Sometimes protecting your goaltender, giving him that kind of mental health day because they're going to need him if this team's got any chance of winning this series. Get him out of there. His confidence was a mess. Try to build it up with a win in Game 6, and then you see what happens in Game 7. I think they did the right thing. The way things were going, it could have been a lot worse. If all six goals are on his ledger, it's awful. And remember, the three teams in these playoffs that have lost by six or more goals, all three of them came back and won the next game. So, including, if you remember, Pittsburgh beat Ottawa 7 to nothing in Game six, uh, game 5 of the Eastern Conference Final. 7 to nothing, And then Ottawa was able to can't come back, win Game 6, and didn't lose Game 7 until you got into overtime. 
So they can bounce back. But the question is, what goaltender is going to show up if there is a Game 7? Because the way he started, with the bad five-hole, with the bad glove hand, certainly cost Nashville any chance of being competitive in that game last night. All right, we got a big weekend, obviously, coming up with Sunday's Game 6. So we'll... Uh, be back with you again on Monday. Hopefully we'll have E.J. Raddick. We'll have to check on his travel situation. Will he be traveling back to Pittsburgh for a Game 7? Will he be traveling home from Nashville? So we'll wait and see on that. But I'll be back with you on Monday. We'll recap the weekend. We'll either recap a cup champion or we'll preview a Game 7 coming up on Wednesday. Want to get in touch with me throughout the weekend? Easy to do. At Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct. You can follow us on the ESPN app. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts. And, of course, you can follow us at TMKS ESPN or at at Don LaGreca, and always tweet with hashtag Game Misconduct. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you again on Monday. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.